0: Hey everybody and welcome to the Spliff Podcast. I'm Bo Nellis and I love talking about marijuana. So let's do that. I like to open things up with a section I call stoner moments and this week I just want to touch back on the yummy thing and doing a Spanish version of the podcast with some basic information. We haven't been able to to get back together and connect again. You know, life happens, but we aren't counting it out. We still plan on getting it done. It's just taking a little bit longer than originally intended. Moving on to the next thing. Last week, I wanted to talk about the first response episode, and then I got distracted by my own story. And I just wanted to give a few more examples that whether it's for headaches or hemorrhoids or hives or burns or... Preemptively using cannabis as a first response is always a good idea. One more moment. Um, I mentioned that I had gotten back into Grass City and I just wanted to thank with the madness because like within the first day of being back on Grass City, he had reached out, he or she, I don't know who it is, had reached out and was like, You're a bad bitch, I love your shit. And I was like, Oh my god. I needed that. I needed that. So thank you with the madness. And then my last stoner moment is something that I just want to throw out there really quick. And I might come back to again with another podcast, but I had given a story where I thought that I had blacked out from smoking too much weed in the same way that you could black out from alcohol where you're still functioning, um, but you don't really recollect anything that happened. And... That is not something that generally happens when people smoke weed. I've never heard of anybody else experiencing that. And my personal experience, it turned out not to have been the marijuana at all. That doesn't mean that people can't pass out or faint when they smoke marijuana. And the people that are most likely to have this happen to them are people with very low blood pressure and also... Older people who are especially trying out concentrates for the first time, even if you are a regular toker and have been smoking joints your whole life pretty much since the 60s, when you go for that concentrate, it is a really big difference. And sometimes that creates such a drop in your blood pressure that some people faint. And that is called a green out like a blackout, but with marijuana. So the difference between blacking out on alcohol and greening out because of a bud is that with the bud, you're really just kind of fainting. And you need uh, some time to recover, get your fluids, push it through. Whereas with alcohol, you are actually like turning off parts of your brain And you can carry on without really creating memories. And that part doesn't happen when you're getting high. So you can green out absolutely even if you are totally used to smoking and just try and bump it up with that dab for the first time. Same rules apply. Start slowly. That means you hit it slowly. Uh, And and you don't have to hit it until – you don't want to hit it until your lungs – until you feel your lungs expand. You know what I mean? You want to hit it and then quit it. Just, Just give it a little, a quick inhale and come back to it. One of the nice things about concentrates is that because it's so clean, it doesn't go stale like pot smoke would in a bong or anything like that. So you got more time to hit it. Do it slowly. All right, that wraps up our stoner moments for this week. We are going to get straight into the next part, which is about Lyme disease and parenting. Thanks to one of my stoner couch sessions. Uh, I had a friend stop by and we talked about her battle with Lyme disease and how her use of medical marijuana has affected it and how her knowledge within the past couple of years has really expanded and has really helped her move away from big pharma and traditional western medicine and really find a lot of success in utilizing cannabis. She also very openly and very honestly shares what it's like to be a parent who is a medical patient and to be a parent to children who need medical treatment. Now just a couple of uh quick things to to say. One, I did have another friend stop by in the middle. So uh, it's one of the dangers of recording at home. Uh, You'll hear a a door knock and and uh, we take a break and then then we pick it right back up. So you don't have to worry about all that crazy stuff. That's what editing is for. Editing also helps a lot of our terrible mic technique, which is uh, basically non-existent. And my engineering afterwards is a little rudimentary at best. But, oh, oh, especially too, because I've been having some sound driver difficulties. And so there's some some weird, like, glitchy type stuff. Anyway, um, also my friend mentioned some names uh, that would be better not mentioned. So there's a couple quick edits in there too for that. But it's a hell of a lot better than a lot of other podcasts. So... And still hella informative, so let's take it for what it is. Please let me introduce you to my friend Michelle, who recently quit smoking tobacco.
1: You know, proudly because I don't smoke cigarettes anymore. <laughs> yeah, I don't go through lighters as much, and I also, though, i am not smoking. You know, we've talked of the like the flout right now. I'm more doing into the concert is a concentrate. Is yeah, concentrates, right? yeah, okay. yeah. Dab. So, yeah, concentrates. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, I'm dabbing that. more. But I also, yay me, rolled my third joint ever this weekend. Yeah! <laughs> That's ever. Okay. Ever. I've tried. I've failed. I've had everybody and their brother try to help me. It's been one of those things because I have smoked since I was eighth grade. And- I just couldn't do it. I couldn't do it. I tried. I had a joint roller, so in that regard, the little machine thing with the two rollers, you know, the cheater thing. Uh-huh. I've done it with that, but to actually roll a joint. Yeah. I've tried with the dollar bill. I've tried with Bonnie's bamboo thing, and now that I'm not smoking cigarettes, I was like, I want to, like, do that. I want to mm-hmm. have that. And so I tried with her bamboo thing, and I did it. Yeah.
0: I the bamboo is like a sushi roller, basically. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Nice. So okay. that
1: was my my happiness of like, oh my God.
0: So I love it. Well, one, remind me to give you some of the filters that I use too, because they really help with the rolling. Okay. And then, because it, and, and it also helps with that wanting a cigarette. It feels like a cigarette. It looks more like a cigarette. And, and it's easier that for other people to think that you're smoking a cigarette. I uh, got gotcha. you. Um, but... Speaking of which, okay, so your third joint ever. How long have you been smoking? I smoked my first joint when I
1: was in eighth grade in Lake Geneva, Wisconsin, visiting a friend on spring break <laughs> with some older boys
0: on nice. <laughs> a golf course. Nice. That we snuck into it was, after hours. There's boys that got me to smoke too. Yeah. <laughs>
1: I tried to roll a joint once many years later in college using notebook paper. That worked out not so well.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Oh my God.
1: In the dorms. And so I rolled, and you know, I put the window open and I went to light it, and it was the biggest, most ridiculous thing ever. And I was like, apparently, I'm doing something wrong.
0: Oh, my God. I want it. My lungs hurt just thinking about that right now. Oh, my lungs hurt so bad. I wasted a lot of weed too. <laughs> oh, my God. My heart is breaking. Ew, yeah.
1: Well, whatever. Maybe that's why I shied away from rolling joints for a while. But yeah, I, like three years ago, I had a whole little three girls sitting at a table tutorialing me. And I have a picture. And that was my first successful joint three years ago. And then it just hasn't happened.
0: So mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: I've been more of a bong smoker. That's been my favorite. It's
0: okay. It's never too late to change anyway. No.
1: My I mom is a joint, 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 joint. She loves, loves the joint. joints. Loves joints. Yay. Rolls joints. Perfect. Likes the pinner joints. Yeah. Loves
0: them. I love it. That's her um, first choice. So, and and that's your bio mom? Or, mm-hmm. Okay, so because you didn't grow up with a pot-smoking no, mom. No, I did okay. not. I actually
1: grew up with very anti. However, now that I have been very open with my mother, um, it's not that I wasn't open with my dad before he died, but we didn't have opportunity to have as much conversation at that point. I wasn't doing CBD or RSO for my Lyme disease when he was still alive. And so once I had switched over... And really taken like my healing and treatment into my own hands and gotten rid of even my naturopath at that. Not that he disagreed with me, but there was no reason to drive up north and pay him a couple hundred dollars Yeah, when I was able to do what I needed to do without him even being part of it. You know? right. So he was on board and actually had other patients contact me about what I was doing because he saw improvement in me. So in that regard, I do think that he knew I was going to kind of just fly away from it because uh, it was getting better but yeah so my dad wasn't alive still at that point but my mother who was anti very like druggies you know marijuana is not good for you blah 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 has totally come around the corner and watches documentary or different snippets of things and will have come up conversation with me which is really awesome
0: that awesome, is. Awesome. Hell yeah. Fuck hell yeah. yeah and I'm not
1: sure if it would have been that way had the RSO, Lyme disease connection come in. Obviously, as I said, smoking since I was 13, it wasn't something I ever did in front of them. Mm-hmm. I was pretty fearful of always disappointing my parents. And so by the time I was smoking on a regular basis, I'd already been living outside of their home. And But I even would feel uncomfortable, like having it in their home when traveling back from California or whatever, just for respect because of knowing what they thought about it and the illegality of it in Wisconsin. That's a big one too. That's for sure.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Right? Yeah. So, but every more and more. And the the cop that lives right
1: behind them. I mean, let's just (laughs) be honest.
0: My sister comes up to Dawn and I the one day and
1: goes, you realize smoking a joint in the backyard, we can smell it over there. And I was like, my medicine, I mean, if he wants to come over and be a dick, I, I'm sorry, but, right. or do his job. I shouldn't call him right. a dick, but whatever, whatever. Like, then he can. I will I will deal with it at that moment. Exactly. But until then. Sometimes it's worth the ticket. It is. And like, oh, so we, and another time I was with my kids and I had my pen and we were walking in the park. And some police came up and busted some underage kids for smoking weed right there in the park the one threw his stuff into the river they were very upset and worried about it because Mm -hmm. here's their mom walking with them with her vape pen that they know what it is and my kids are taught in school that it's still even in california not okay right it's illegal well now let's be in wisconsin and now it's really illegal yeah i know right It is what
0: it is. The vape pen, and that's, but that's one of the nice things about the vape pen is how easily they assimilate in certain places because even now, e-nails, or not the e-nails, but the e-cigs are, uh, are illegal in a lot of places are prohibited wherever smoking's prohibited. Um, but let's start, uh, so let's talk about the Lyme disease. Okay. Um, oh yeah, no, no, it's totally cool. People love stories. Um. When so, how did that whole thing start? You routinely smoked uh, since you were thirteen. At what age did you first begin to to have to deal with the Lyme disease? Oh, probably pretty close to there, A hormonally
1: at that age when you start to hit puberty. However, I had now looking back Lyme symptoms all of my life and a doctored for everything under the sun. I'm glad
0: you brought that up because here's another thing. I don't fucking know shit about Lyme disease. <laughs> like seriously, before I met you, the only thing I knew about Lyme disease was like that, I think it was like the fifth season of the real world and that chick was there and like she had to leave because she had Lyme disease and that guy slapped her and that's what I fucking know about Lyme disease. So... <laughs> Uh, and then, and then I'm going to tell, ta- I don't know if I've actually told you this story, but we first met and then realized we had met before. So we first met through friends at a bar and then realized that we'd actually met because I used to deliver right medical marijuana to you when I worked in dispensary. Yes. And I have to say when I would deliver to you, you were usually not in a great mood. No. And I often thought, ah, that bitch ordered again, and I'm not like, and 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 that partly because of a lot of the anxiety I was dealing and and the happiness I was dealing with in my job, but getting to know you and then you sharing yoga with me because you are the one who got me into yoga, like it was such a fucking wake up call to me to be like you're an asshole. People are in pain and need medicine. I'm getting a little teary right now because Aww. that's like. But
1: no, it's true. I
0: was in and I was so desperate for help of anything. If somebody, I've
1: said this before, if somebody said to me, get down on the ground and eat the dirt, the cement, whatever, I would have been down on the ground. I don't care what anybody says if this helps me. Not realizing that something that had been a part of my life, but because really of a lot of stigma and following with the they, whoever they is and what they say, I went back and forth. Mm-hmm. You know, of what was right and what was wrong. But truly mm-hmm. things happening for a reason. it's not crazy that I ended up in California, the first state that legalized it, which now is truly my medicine to treat my disease. Like, what the fuck? Right. How does that shit happen? Super blessed
0: sometimes. Right? Thank you! <laughs> uh, so, so uh, to, to sum it up, now I, I, I know two things. I know the real world chick it affected her enough she had to leave. And I know that it causes a lot of pain because knowing you and knowing how I knew you the first time and just knowing what kind of different people they are, it, you know, it really, it opens my mind up to how painful of a disease this Mm -hmm. must be. So what are the symptoms and, and things that we should know about Lyme disease? Wow. I, there are hundreds,
1: literally, and when it was at my worst, I was close to, I have a list in my phone, of maybe 60 symptoms daily that I was dealing with, and a few off the top of my head that I can tell you now, which is so, you know you're feeling better with a disease, an illness like this, it's autoimmune, when you have more days that you're not having symptoms than you are and so therefore you tend to forget because it's human nature of what exactly was going on because you're feeling better. So with that being said, I had one of the biggest was I had very neurological my ner my neurological system was on fire, inflamed. So it felt like I was literally being burned alive. My entire skin my palms, my arms, my legs, my feet, my whole body felt like it was on fire 24-7. Just inflamed, burning. And specifically at times it would feel like somebody was literally driving hot steaks into my hands. Which then was radiating and causing like flames in my whole body. Damn. And numbness and tingling and loss of movement in my hands. Swelling and pain in my left thumb and wrist, elbow pain. Um, My shoulders, neck, and between my shoulders was a lot of throbbing pain. Um, My neck always felt like it was, my head was so heavy and just like crushing, like I was being pushed into a vice. I would get zinger headaches across my head that felt like somebody had like plugged my head into like an electrical socket. I had sensitivity and pain or sensitivity, I guess you'd say, where literally my hair hurt being connected to my head. Like There was a time that I wanted to shave my head just to not deal with how sensitive it was. My ears were so sensitive, ringing all the time, sounds really sensitive, and the fact that I could feel... And here, like, I had speakers inside my ears when I was talking or other people were talking or, like, you would just have movement or wind that it would just rock into my core of my body. Like, there were times where it brought me down to my knees because it was so amplified and loud and just... Oh, sensitive. Sensitive. I don't know. Like Again, like fire. Like sticking flames in my
0: ears. Sounds like your whole body was just rebelling against you. Yeah.
1: My eyes, I get the blurry vision or like (laughs) the floaters in front where it's like you're looking but there's stuff that's blocking it. A lot of jaw Mm -hmm. pain. A lot of sore throats into um, my glands that would connect up into my ears. I had a time of very bad heart palpation racing where just like you could literally feel like it was going to come out of your chest but literally when you would go to the hospital or the doctor your heart rate was and blood pressure was exactly normal like there but it you could like put your hand there and feel like it was like crazy but there was no increase in actual that was a problem I ran into so often anything that I complained of any test that they could give me was normal Mm. there was no um irritable bowel i had at one point over 3 feet of impacted stool that they wanted to surgically remove if they couldn't get it to be moving because i could not have regular bowel movements i was having pain it could be onset by eating something or not or drinking or like there was no i kept food journals i tried clean eating and no carbs and no sugar and no, you you name it, it didn't, it did not seem to make any sort of difference. And then eventually with lots of enemas and a lot of oral stuff, we finally like got it broke up enough to be able to move out of my system. Weird. Um, depression, anxiety. I was diagnosed with bipolar, multiple personality, depression, anxiety schizophrenia at one point they wanted to put me in that vista del mar at one point Mm -hmm. yeah uh delusional um whatever the one is where you make up that you're sick munchauser
0: oh yeah munchauser syndrome or something like that where i completely
1: was just manifesting all of this that it was really not um i would have a lot of burning in my feet in my toes my, the top of my foot swells, which it's still, it's not as bad as it has been. Yeah, oh, lymph yeah. system, um, a lot of swelling in my lymph system. My legs would give out, like my muscles and my legs just would stop working and I'd go down, just like down. That was a big one that the CBD helped with. That was the first, for me, one of the first things that I noticed when I started the CBD that was like, there is something. To what was it again? This. But my legs would give out. Uh-huh. Like I would be walking, and all of a sudden it would just be like I would just go down to the ground and being used to being. I walked the breast cancer three-day walk at one point. Like, I wasn't even able to walk past noon some days. It was just my legs were done. And so as I started to take the CBD, I noticed it was instead of noon, it would be like 2 o'clock. And then it started going to 3 o'clock and then 4 o'clock where I would finally, like, make it through a day without my legs just the muscles giving out. That's the CBD concentrate, right? That was when... I was doing. You made CBD pills for me at the okay. very beginning, like oh, two, okay. oh, two years ago.
0: Oh, so that was just from CBD flower, CBD THC mixed. I, I have no idea, but I, yeah, that was not... my sake because I at that point I was still needing to go to work, and
1: so I didn't know what. That's
0: right, because yeah, you would get. And a so bunch I would get pills, pills for me. From and you every yeah, day. I and forgot. I was
1: doing two a day for a while, and then I went down to one a day. And then when I got onto the RSO, I didn't... I just had been doing like CBD tincture and more as as needed instead Uh of... But at first, I'm kind of jumping ahead, but not at the point of the RSO, but knowing I needed something to be able to make it through the day. And I had heard of RSO, but I didn't know how it was going to affect me as far as was I going to become a zombie couch? And it's like, I have to go to work. Well, then that just... So, I ended up walking away from work at one point.
0: <laughs> right, and and I want to um because because uh, there is a little jumping ahead. Uh, I want to go back to before before the CBD before I was really delivering to you. Mm-hmm. Um, before the RSO, what were you doing when they were diagnosing you with all of these fucking ridiculous things and and basically calling you a, a hypochondriac, um or Saying that their inability to say why these actual things that they could see happening were happening.
1: Um, I got a lot of drugs thrown at me, Big Farm prescriptions, which I continued to reject because I believe I have an addictive personality. When I go for things, I go hard, I go big, and I don't need to have... Muscle relaxers and pain pills that then just increased. Mm -hmm. And then I came out on the other side with an addiction to something that I wasn't going to be able to get rid of. And Mm -hmm. so that scared the hell out of me. So I would not fill that. There were antibiotics that were prescribed to me. However, in just my nature of who I am, I alternatively throughout this process have always looked at other holistic type of things with acupuncture I did do some physical therapy, um, meditating on my own, started to get introduced to Reiki. I had been doing yoga for a while, and I just felt like there was something else outside of what Western doctors were telling me was going to be the thing to do. Um, At one point, I was diagnosed five years ago with Lyme disease. I was smoking marijuana, mostly smoking flour, And that was it at that point. And my naturopath doctor put me on supplements to start out with and then started adding in antibiotics. And I should mention that not only do I have Lyme disease, but I have for sure two co-infections, but probably more. I don't know exactly because I just haven't tested for all of them. What does that mean? So co-infections are diseases that go along with the Lyme disease and the two I have are Babesia and Bartonella and Babesia is a parasite that is considered North American malaria so it has a lot of similar the high fever the hallucinating because you have the high fever the night sweating the neurological burning type of things. That tends to be more of the Babesia type of symptoms. And then I also have Bartonella, and that creates a lot of things within on my skin, like on my face right here that I use the okay. RSO with and has come off of my face a number of times, and they have taken it in to test to see if it's precancerous, and it's not. I had one on my arm. I have them on my leg. Um, that one, another name they use is cat scratch fever. So okay. these, and there's other, mycoplasma, EBV, I, I off the top of my head, I can't, but yeah. there's an array. And what happens is the Lyme disease and those other co-infections, Lyme is a bacteria. The Babesia is a parasite. I don't know what the other
0: yeah all they're... of
1: them are but they collectively create a little community within your body and their excretions their spit and their shit basically create a biofilm outside of this little bubble those microorganisms you know can't even see under a microscope and that biofilm creates this protective barrier for them to be inside and wreak their havoc and then basically burrow into every system every organ bone muscle in your body and not be detected by the immune system. The body won't create the white blood cells because this little biofilm tricks the body into thinking that it's a healthy organism within your body. Right. But really it's this toxic, and it's like a, a thick, I don't know, thing that you have to literally break down to then get into the bacteria and the parasites to kill so right. there's a big, huge layer of to get in and actually yeah. kill the disease. Yeah,
0: bacteria and parasites. In order to sustain their life, they can they can build these hard shells around themselves. And I forget what they're called, uh, but the yeah they uh, they definitely have that ability. So it was been going. I was born
1: with Lyme disease, and it's just been going on forever, <laughs> it's creating time. havoc.
0: I'm gonna take another dab since i found my dabber (laughs) in my purse (laughs) in my purse i was cleaning why i thought it belonged there i'm not sure all right looks like i got it all right so i hit record again Okay. And, um, uh, what were, all right. So you talked about having to go on a bunch of medicines. When yes. We were talking earlier, you said that you had like everything in your medicine cabinet. Like if you needed it, you had it. Yeah. And if you didn't have it in the medicine cabinet, you had a prescription that you could yes. have filled. Yes. Um, felt like I was a walking store. Right. Definitely. You you talked about your naturopath. How did you end up getting to the naturopath? Like even Ah, before that. So like what, did you have insurance? What kind of doctors were you going through? So
1: I had gone to lots and lots and lots of doctors through my insurance, through Western Medicine, through referral. And when I say lots, I had been to neurologists, internal medicine, ears, nose, and throat doctors.
0: Many. Many psychiatry, psychology. Were you part of like a Kaiser medical group setting? Yes. Okay. So. It was something similar to okay, that. because a can't... lot of people have issues with those. Yeah. So just yeah. to give people an idea where they might share experiences right. with you.
1: And it so it was a lot of referring and a lot of time in between when you'd actually get a referral to get in to see a doctor. And one of the things with Lyme disease that I have learned in my five years of research, because I could probably put initials after my name, even though I wouldn't call myself a doctor, but I have definitely figured out a lot on my own about this disease and studied, is that Lyme disease is a migratory symptom disease. And so oftentimes it attacks certain parts of your body, but only for periods of time because of the flare, the flare being that your Lyme flares, goes through a cycle where it reproduces itself and kind of wrecks havoc and releases into certain systems, organs. But again, because it's so good at being underlying and not wanting to be detected by the body, it won't just flare all at once all over your whole body. So it will flare in, say, your intestines. And every four weeks, similarly to a menstrual cycle, similarly to the moon cycle, it will bust, have problem, flood into your system, and then that'll start to create a problem. Our body is taught to heal itself, so to speak. And when those points, and it is, I believe it. I shouldn't say so to speak. I do believe it. But when your body's in distress like mine was, and it was constantly in flight or flight, it fight or flight, it can ever really get to that healing. So with that being said, going back to it, Something would get so terribly bad, inflamed, painful, whatever, but by the time a month or two down the road I could get to a specialist for that part of the body, now those symptoms were easing off and something else was going. Now all of a sudden my foot was having a problem or my head was having a problem because that basically produced itself, went flooding into my blood system but then within a month's time i was able to kind of a reabsorb it back into my system unfortunately and b flush some of it out of my system through sweating bowel movements etc but unfortunately when you release those toxins a lot of them do get right back in and absorbed by your system and then just create more problems. So with that being said, I had been doctoring with many specialists, so to speak, who all of which by the time I would see them, there didn't seem to be tests would show that there was anything wrong. Another thing with the Lyme, if it is not active in that flare cycle, a lot of times it won't show up on any blood tests because It has to be active when the blood is literally drawn, that it's flooded into your blood system to be detected.
0: And probably seen by someone under a microscope while it's still alive.
1: Exactly. And it's not a lot of people, honestly, are trained, from what I've heard from people in the medical, there's not a lot of talk and training about Lyme disease either and what to look for or even detect, so to speak. So it very much goes under the radar. So. As my body kept having a lot of different things going on, but ultimately the pain in my spine, the pain in my arms, the burning, the numbness, the being able to not hold anything, not be able to keep shoes on anymore, my legs starting to go. It just was getting worse and worse and worse and my body was getting to the point where it was rejecting itself and didn't, it couldn't keep up. It was in constant fight, like it never got to... A place where it could repair itself. I was having so many sleep issues that my body could never get into a state where it was totally relaxed to be able to even try to heal. And what pushed it was, and this is going back though many years, was a car accident 20 years ago started a flare, a stress on your body, whiplash on your spine. It's in your spine can flare to all of a sudden just unleash a fury or a birth of a child, which I had too. So these things like increased the stress in my body, that energy makeup in my body, which then pushed it to extremes where my body was never even able to fight. It was just constantly now starting to flood my system where... The hand and the leg and the stomach and the head. And now we weren't getting past that. And now we're going to add in other things. And so slowly over time and with the birth of two children and some car accidents, Mm -hmm. my body just literally started shutting down. And so as I continued to look at alternatives outside of being pushed a lot of pain medicine and muscle relaxers and told that maybe I could check into an inpatient mental facility because that could possibly help me figure out why I was manufacturing all this pain and illness in my body. Ridiculous. I went to acupuncture. And I had gone to acupuncture in the past, um, but of course acupuncture is not something that's readily available on your insurance or whatever. So at the time I'm also spending thousands of dollars out of my pocket to try to alternatively figure. I did not neurofeedback. I did acupuncture. I did. See, now I can't even remember. off the top. But anyway, long yeah. story short, my acupuncturist being from the East Coast and being seeing a lot of illness, a lot of stuff and being a holistic doctor who doesn't just look at oh. symptoms. And started listening to everything I said. Told me that she believed I had Lyme disease and possible co-infections and that to get to the root would be to take an Igenics test, a blood test that tests the certain bands, the DNA on the certain bands in your body. And I said, well, I had had two Lyme tests that came back negative already. And she's like, but if your body is not flaring in the, if those blood tests won't show up, this specifically goes to those bands on the DNA under the microscope, looks at the blood, for these specific bacteria, microorganisms, da, 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 da. However, it costs 600 some dollars or whatever out of pocket. And I was like, well, Jesus. what? At this point, I need an answer. What the fuck? You know, so I did it. And Here. it came back a month later. And it was all over, all over my bands. I'm in like a lot of positives, like fives and sixes across the bands. And so she said, you need to go see a Lyme literate doctor. And LLD is what they call him. LLMD. LLD. LL, huh? LL Lyme,
0: Literate Medical Doctor. So LLMD. LMD. Thank okay. you. I was like I know Yeah. A- LLMD. That makes sense. And so that's how you ended up at the naturopath.
1: And she Perfect. said the nearest one I know of is up towards San Luis Obispo. It's about a two hour drive. But at, he's had a lot of success. And he's studied under Some very successful doctors from the East Coast. This is where Lyme disease has originated from. And I think that, you know, you would, from what you told me and that not going Western, whatever, you, I just, you're going to need to go see him. And so I went to see him and he started me on the supplements first and then he started to add in antibiotics. But then when he added in the antibiotics, he added in more supplements to flush out my system. So, at one point, I was up to 126 different doses of supplements and antibiotics over the course of 24 hours. So, every day. I had a spreadsheet, Jesus, an alarm set. And I had to do tinctures and pills and powders and enemas and oral stuff. And just because I was filling my body with these toxins to kill it, but then I was filling my body with things to get rid of the toxins because when you kill it, it floods your body and you have the toxins. And so I got to the point where I was like, I can't keep up with this. This is like
0: ridiculous. Even if it's helping. Yeah. Starting
1: to feel better, but I'm spending again, thousands of dollars on all of these things and taking all, like there's gotta be a better alternative to this. And there are four Lyme disease, UV, um, Really IVs, and there's, yeah. Oh. yeah, there's um hyperbaric chamber, there's ozone therapy, there's bee stinging therapy. I mean, there's a lot of alternatives out there. I, being that I have smoked marijuana for a long time and am active in somewhat, I thought, but boy, I've learned a lot in these last few years. <laughs> but cannabis culture and and introduced to things... I don't remember specifically where I came across the Rick Simpson oil, but I started taking some CBD with you in the time of doing the antibiotic. Well, I, let me back up, five years ago, and then I went off all the antibiotics after two years, stayed with supplementing, had still been smoking marijuana, but slowly my body just kept going back to... So I
0: kind of want to go back to that. Throughout this whole thing, you're just smoking weed... How often were you smoking weed? Um, well, when
1: I was working in a setting that I couldn't smoke all the time, I would smoke before I went to work and after I went to work until I went to bed. Um, I would oftentimes try to come home on my break and smoke because it would give me relief. It would feel yeah, like oh, okay. it would so give me... You
0: smoked regularly. Yeah. Okay. but.
1: When I was able to then get away from having that quote unquote nine to five job, then Uh it was just regularly whenever knowing that it didn't matter. That I didn't have somebody who was, I was necessarily having to be accountable for that would Mm -hmm. frown upon because of stigma
0: attached to marijuana. Right. Totally. So, uh... How long were you smoking before you got your medical card? What was it? The Rick Sim—the knowledge of Rick Simpson? I oil? got my medical card right after
1: um, you could. I got my card right away because, as a matter of fact, while in my course of smoking and being in the capacity of a job teaching children, I had someone make an anonymous complaint that they said I smoked marijuana. And my advisor called me the night before and said, I want you to know the director's going to come in tomorrow. And have a talk with you that there's been an anonymous complaint about you smoking marijuana. I smoke marijuana and I don't really have anything against it. And I think it's totally fine and whatever, but there are policies and procedures that we have to follow. And so.
0: I've been in that boat.
1: (laughs) I immediately got my medical card. By the time I actually had to go in, this was in 1998. So yeah, like two years after... 97, 98. Yeah, after Prop
0: 215.
1: I, but I think it was like on Tuesday night, she called me. Wednesday, my director came in to talk to me. She told me I could finish out that day of work, but that they had a sub for me on Thursday and Friday already. And then I had an appointment on Friday with like human resource people, whatever, In that meantime, I contacted a lawyer, got my medical card, got my shit in order, walked into the meeting. They said, we had an anonymous complaint that you smoke marijuana. I handed my card and I also handed them my prescription of Marinol at that time. Oh, okay. And said, I do use, this is what I use when I have to be working. And yes, I do smoke after work for medical purposes. And they said- Oh, we are so sorry. No, you do not have to go through any program. Yes, you are be- keeping your job, and we will see you back at Monday. And that was it. See, Never that's crazy spoke to about me. again.
0: If you have the Marinol, like, and that's probably what saved you. Really, was the FDA prescription. Thank goodness. Yeah, I right? had an actual prescription, and that's what my lawyer had said
1: to me yeah. was that wow. you're going to go to see this doctor. I mean, it happened so quick. It was like. I can't lose my teaching job. I have worked so hard for this and I am not a danger or threat to anybody. And at that time, I didn't realize as much that I even had Lyme disease in 1998.
0: And it was what it was keeping you well, it was keeping
1: me to function in life, you know, and not even at the capacity at that point. Ironically, right after that, that car accident happened and my health just started going down, 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 down. I was off of work. I was smoking more, which was helping me to be able to function. But I also was having every doctor and person tell me that I was freaking crazy and manufacturing this shit in my life.
0: All right. So. Wow. I didn't realize you had your card for so long. I've had my card since 98. Or when I I think it's 98. Yeah. Okay. So how long has it been that you've been using the RSO? Like, tell us about that. Uh, Okay. So then... Five years ago, I was diagnosed with
1: Lyme disease. I did the two years of antibiotics, 126-dose crap. Then he weaned me off of the antibiotics and had me just doing the supplements in hopes that that would keep it in under control. Mm-hmm. And so it's like cancer. You go into a remission with no guarantees, stress or whatever. Could pop it up. Well, I started to notice within months that it wasn't... a it just wasn't like my foot was swelling. I was starting to get the numbing back, and at the time I was teaching again, and so coming into summer, I was like, "Well, at least I'll have summer. I won't be working. Maybe the working's causing it because I'm mm-hmm. on my feet a little bit more." Blah blah blah, and over the summer, it just I, it continued to. Not and I noticed like I was on a camping trip and I spent half the day in the tent and I was just off. I was feeling off. I just kept feeling off. And I'd said to some friends, I'm not feeling better. I think I need to go back and see my naturopath, but I don't want to go on antibiotics and I'm not sure what to do. Mm-hmm. Then my dad died. And when I flew back to Wisconsin, on top of the stress of my dad dying and the traveling, put me over to the edge where I was back in bed. And I was desperate. And so I went to see my naturopath and he immediately put me on the antibiotics again Uh. with the supplements. So I came to you and said, I don't, I don't know what else to do, but I know I have to do something, but at least I know that he can get me to functioning with the antibiotics, but I need to figure out the alternative. And so that's when I started getting those CBD pills that you were making for me. And then On my own looking into, not that you weren't helpful and our other friend Sue, but but looking into soothing Sue's. And then I had heard of RSO. I don't know exactly like if I Googled or what the fuck I did, but but. I saw how it was. I screenshotted something about it and I was like, I need to learn how to make this or find out where I get it or I want to try this or whatever. Then, still taking the CBD with you, Sue came into the picture through Bonnie and was like, I know somebody who makes it and I can get you a good deal on it. And boom.
0: I love it. I love it. Okay. And so, so that's 18 yes. months ago. So, 18 months you've been on the RSO. Fantastic. And that is that a high THC RSO or a CBD mix RSO or is it whatever? 17 you- months. 17 minutes. Almost eighteen. Um,
1: whatever you can get your Right hands on. now, <laughs> it is. <laughs> I've done both. The I did the I started out with a high CBD or a high THC, and a lower CBD, and was still doing CBD pills, or whatever they are with you. Uh-huh. Yeah, the, the and then I went to oil. doing the high CBD RSO, and Paying a lot more, not the person who I had been getting it from moved. It was hit or miss at a lot of dispensaries at the time. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's has come a long way in this last year as far as availability. I can't yeah. believe it. Uh, I mean, I can believe it. I'm so thankful, but it was always hit or miss, and so. Wanting to have the higher CBD of it, it was even more hit or miss. So I was getting it at a dispensary down in like Woodland Hills or something. Okay. But I was paying quite a bit for yeah, it. It's insane. And then I, through friends, we have collectively created a group to make Rick Simpson Oil to be able to help our friends who have cancer and Lyme disease and other issues. And mm-hmm. we put in just a money to as in the cost for the the product that um not we've been getting donated the flour for it but like the Everclear and um buying a new pillowcase every time and now we've got a distiller and some jars and stuff and so yeah that's kind of switched into that. So I We're back up to a higher THC. And then like Uh I mentioned, I've been doing um, like CBD tinctures just in supplementing around times of when my, feels like my Lyme is flaring or full moon or menstruating, depending on if they all link up together or not. But
0: (laughs) the perfect storm,
1: right? (laughs) There was, it now seems to be that menstruating has gone to the new moon, but still it's, Every two, it's like basically on an every day now. Where sometimes yeah. I think the perfect storm all at once, just get it all over with. Let the lime, the menstruation, and the full moon all flare
0: together and be done. But- Instead of hitting like one every week, week. or so, yeah. Woo! Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> 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 all right, so I love it. So between. um Even with the THC tincture, like you notice significant relief Mm -hmm. um, and it hasn't really mattered if it's been um, strain dependent necessarily, like anything helps more than nothing. Anything seems to help. Um, I
1: ultimately would love to, and I've been working on having my own specific plants that I can use for making my own RSO, so that like a control factor from start to finish
0: uh-huh. with
1: it with the kid, you know. Yeah. And it's been going in that direction, but right now it's, it, I mean, this is really working. And there are some lingering things going on, but there's been some stress in my life recently that I know has flared. Yeah. And then. Oh yeah, no, I'll vouch for it like a thousand times. has <laughs> like, been pulling up. Some yeah, stuff. you
0: have way fewer days where. You have to deal with your Lyme disease as opposed to deal with your life. Yes. So, I mean, like, yeah. 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 Just, so,
1: yeah. and also uh,
0: cost is a huge factor. Yeah.
1: And I'm very fortunate where I am right now to be in this group of people. Amazing that we're able they, to work together and provide this medicine. You know, and right now they're we're all talking about, like, because it's been, oh, We've been making it now since January on our, in within ourselves and freely giving. And mm-hmm. not that that's terrible, but there's people who want to continue. And so now we're talking about what are we going to charge? And not that we want to charge to make money off of it per yeah. se, but again, to cover our time, to cover our... Sustaining Thank you. And so what you are paying $50 for a gram, is it a gram, milliliter, what is the unit? Yeah, gram, usually, yeah. Is like, you know, $10, is that something, like, hell yeah, people are going to be lined (laughs) up for $10, right? (laughs) And so when they ask my opinion, because literally I'm one who does use quite a bit on a regular Uh basis and have financially, like, been very fortunate about it, I'm like, even if you charged me $20, like that would be so much savings for me.
0: Thank you. Exactly.
1: I, and I'm again, I would more, but right now I, I'm not going to grow at my house. Yeah. Even though I can grow six plants or less with the legality,
0: I just don't have. It. There's still, yeah. I can't do it at this point. It's a lot of, it's a big commitment yes. to, to have to, to keep the plants. And I mean, it, it will grow like cannabis, but it isn't guaranteed to turn around the best product for your needs when you have to spend $22 a seed and you know, like sure. And you need different phenotypes and, right. and things like that. So, so yeah, um, I am, I'm I'm very fortunate where I am. It seems to be working. I have noticed, I think
1: I was mentioning to you or maybe not that I've increased how much I've been taking just recently with how my life has been, stressful with just certain things to
0: yeah and because i've noticed
1: a flare in my in my symptoms
0: yeah and i want to talk about that too because i want to talk about one what dose you started at yes um how you bumped it up and then two when and if you add coconut oil to the rso and how you how that changes the way you are affected okay and the way that your children are affected, because you do give it to your children, too. Yes. And if you could talk a little bit more. Absolutely. I mean, there's so much I want, more I want to talk about, basically, is what I'm saying. No, absolutely. <laughs>
1: I started out with a half of a rice grain size every eight hours-ish. And I say ish because I didn't wake myself... At this point, I wasn't going to wake myself up in the middle of the night like I used to. Right. Screw yeah. So it was... Three doses a day, spaced out to. Oh, if I'm going to bed and it's only been seven hours, I'm going to take it. Or. And how how did you take that? Uh, <laughs> I squeeze out a little bit out of the syringe, and then I take a piece of bread or bun, something that is usually a bread or a bun, and I. I use a toothpick off the syringe and then I put it on the bread or bun and kind of water it up in a ball and just swallow it so I don't have okay. to taste it. I have done it in other ways that if I don't have a bread or a bun and I'm out or traveling and I don't like the residual taste that it can leave in my mouth if I can't completely coat it in something, swallow it and have it be digested all the way down.
0: Absolutely. No, I, I'm, I'm with you. I don't care for the taste of cannabis most times. Um, so, so that's how you started. I did. And And then I
1: increased after a few days, noticing that really I was not knocked out by it or really super sleepy or high or Mm -hmm. just, um, I would... Affected. Yeah, Yeah. I, it was like I gave it the weekend and then I started to bump it up and I was up to like a rice grain three times a day. Then I was up to probably two, um, a rice grain, half, three times a day, and then two rice grains. And then I cut out the middle one and I just did one and one in the morning and one at night. And I'm not specific. I have not, even when I cook, I'm not a measure, yeah. an exact measure. <laughs> so it looks okay. like two rice grains to me in the morning and at night. Okay. And I went with that to see if instead of three, two rice grains, if I could go, two rice grains but a morning and a night and see and it seemed to be okay and so I stick, stuck with that for a long time and then I was like well, what if I take away the morning and just double it up at night and maybe because I'm doubling it up I'll also get better sleep mm-hmm. because I'll have instead of having less and like functioning during the day I'll just slap that together and since I've done that, I do feel like it helps with the, like, I get a good solid sleep. Nice. And then I'll wake up, go to the bathroom, and then, yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah, because um, we've got that waking up. Yeah, t- so key, now
1: yeah. I, I would say that it's, um what I do is just squeeze out, which would look like probably four grains of rice of a snake, if you want to say. Yeah. And I use the toothpick, I put it in the bread, swallow it with water. Um, But again, I'm not exact. I just yeah. feel like I've squeezed out a little more in these last few few months with things that have been going on
0: um and because i have a lot more accessible to me at a lower cost yes that certainly helps uh do you happen to know if you get indica or sativa or is it just whatever's donated i think Uh, it's whatever's donated okay
1: i believe and i don't want to be quoted on this but in the talks most of the time it has been discussed and we have had indica for the most part because of the helping with the sleep and the pain. And that's what tends to be people's most general
0: symptoms. Whoever's donating it is putting in the time and thought process to that. Okay. Yes. No, that's wonderful to know. Yes. Um, so when do you add coconut oil to it? If at all, or, uh, have you noticed differences if you get it from a dispensary and it seems that it's been thinned down with coconut oil? It seems to be thinned down. If I get it from a dispensary, it, However, it could be that
1: when we make it ourselves, we usually use bigger syringes and it seems to be harder to push out of bigger syringes in general. Even at the dispenser, if you get the three, mil, three gram syringe versus the one, the one squeezes out much quicker. But even or any of them, and I've tried a lot of different dispensaries and different brands, if you will, mm-hmm. they all, they're not liquidy, they're just... Not as solid. The, okay, ours not that as we tasty. make is is yeah, it is like not hard, but it's it's not pliant. If you took it and played with it for a while, it's more like clay. Yes. Okay, yeah, okay. Or like a Play-Doh, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It and whereas theirs, it's not that it's watery. It's just
0: it's got more pliability to thank it. Thank you. Yeah. Okay, I'm sure. not sure the right exact no, words. No, that's okay. But, yeah. That's
1: um. So as far as the coconut viscosity. oil not you and I had talked, uh, again, not that you're the expert, but you are an expert in my eyes of helping oh. me in the longest journey. And so, when traveling for my daughters and that being an issue because of, of course, legality mm-hmm. and whatnot, I um put coconut oil with it and put it in capsules for them to take mm-hmm. when they traveled. That has really been the only time that we've done it with coconut oil. I take my syringes when I'm done, and I put them coconut oil through them. And then I use that on these spots on my skin, on my my wonderful... On your forehead, yes. Yes, and um, my mouth, in my gums, on my ear. If my ear sensitivity, I'll put it on my ear and rub it... um, Like on my thumb pain. Okay. So that's kind of where... That's about mostly topically. not Not as much internally. But again, it is nice to have the convenience of... With specifically my daughters. To be able to travel with and not... Because when we are together or when they're with their dad, we're the ones who are dosing it out for them through the syringe. I haven't gotten to that point. Not that I wouldn't trust her. I just... I think I would... Rather, even though I don't measure as correctly, I feel like my eye is a little better. And mm-hmm. whatever I'm doing right now has been working because for a while, she's, my oldest specifically, had been complaining a little bit about feeling dizzy or like she's falling sometimes mm-hmm. at night. And we haven't had, she hasn't said that at all. I'm so thankful. She had to complain prior to, you know, a lot about like pain and her ankle and stuff. Hasn't been ha- mm-hmm. like doing well. Now she did start menstruating this last week. First time ever. So we will see how the Lyme disease affects. Right. Do we need to start to increase the dose or will it not? Because she's had nine months prior to having her first menstruation and hormones really affect Lyme disease, and because we've gotten under and her body hasn't been in flight or fight and her body can be healing. She mm-hmm. may be able to breeze through this a lot better than I did. Because yeah. that's when mine just exploded and went out of control. Does she
0: take the CBD
1: too? She is more inclined to now. Okay. Than she has been in the past. When she started with the men- menstruating, I said, you you know, yeah. would you like to take some Soothing soos? Would you like to take some CBD tincture? Would you like some Tylenol? She didn't take Tylenol. She did take the CBD. But I think only like that within that first day when she was cramping a
0: lot. Okay, yeah, that was it. So yeah,
1: well, I mean, but I think okay, hello, first one out of I've had it for thirty years. Let's see what happens over these next
0: months, right? I feel (laughs) for the girl. (laughs) I love it. I love it. So, but um, okay, so that's wonderful. Uh, You know the the oil can help. Increases bioavailability, so that's kind of what I wanted to talk about. Um, you know, maybe that increase in bioavailability is what she really needed for okay. her body to process it a little bit better. And then as she menstruates and uh, her ovaries start to play with it a little bit more, that having CBD a little bit more regularly could help keep her more balanced okay. for sure. Yeah. Um, and then you were saying that your other daughter like goes for the soothing soothes baths, yes, uh, and the and the topically like putting it on her skin.
1: Both of them are hesitant about ingesting the soothing soothes. That it's all about taste. They just neither want and they and myself going through lime treatment with all the crap we had to take and all the liquids and the powders. I get that they don't like taste. Totally, you know, but. Trying to slowly, as they are experiencing and and having good results on the other side with what it's doing for them, I think the taste thing will be a little more accepting in ways of even, like at this point when I try to even disguise the taste, it's just a whole, I'm not doing it, I'm not doing it. Whereas my oldest with the, you know, using the bread, you can't taste anything. Right. But... Adding like the tincture into a juice or something—it it so brings them back to two years of having to—I f- don't want to say force, but many times a day drink stuff that tasted like yeah,
0: yeah, like anything to help them feel better. And and yeah, I could see how if you don't have to go to it, you won't. And how has this like broccoli syndrome type effect as a kid, right. and maybe they'll grow out of it if that's really the case.
1: And the more I think that they're around it and exposed and see how it's used and how I use it and how other people in my life use it and, and how there are alternatives to not necessarily just one way, per se, mm-hmm. then it's open discussion. And they, they're they're being... It's part of their life. Mm-hmm. So it does contradict with some things that they're told in the D.A.R.E. program. But
0: <laughs> How did you come to the decision to not only be... Okay, let me rephrase it. Have you always been open about your marijuana use with your children? And then when did you decide to have your kids try it, uh, specifically the one that gets the most symptoms from the Lyme disease?
1: I have not always been open with my kids. It's probably been this last two to three years that I as I started to go off of those antibiotics the first time and try to look for alternative. And when I went off the antibiotics, definitely noticed that I had increased in when I was smoking and using and being that it's legal in California and in the comparison of people can drink and it shouldn't be a big deal. I have always said to them when it became that I didn't want to hide it from them anymore. And I knew that my oldest being in middle school was being told some things that I didn't agree with in the program at school. Right. And so I wanted to be able to give them a alternative as well as a role model to literally know that mommy just smoked and she's not just laying on the couch and on being unpredictive. She's going and <laughs> You're doing things. Yeah, That's you know. Deflated. And, <laughs> and I'm taking care and like so instead of hiding it and having them never know that I was using it, I wanted them to see that I could use marijuana in many different ways, shapes and forms and be a productive human being.
0: Mm-hmm. Like,
1: wow, what a concept, right? Like there's millions of us. You know, so that was but I still wasn't comfortable with actually like sitting down and smoking and, you know, so I created an area outside of my home that is is where I can hang out, and they will come out, and they'll talk to me, and they see it, and I feel like that's good exposure for them to be able to see. Mm -hmm. If there is people hanging out, socializing, and it's, it's more than I don't, and even then, it's not that I feel it's hiding, I just feel like I shouldn't necessarily be exhaling smoke in their direction either, right? It's it's secondhand smoke still. It's just is. Yeah. And I don't want them smoking right now. They are ingesting it, and that is as far as it goes. And so we've had that discussion where medically versus recreationally and smoking and ingesting and edibles and concentrates and the plant and a seed and a bud and a pipe and a pen and an oil and a dab rig, and a bong. And I mean, it's... They're well-versed. They, they've That's seen. Good. They've yeah. seen it. Because I'd rather them come and talk to me and ask questions about it than learn from possibly false information. Because there's a lot of it out there.
0: Now, what was their response? At first, they were kind of scared. They were scared. Literally scared. They were scared that the cops were going to come. Mm. They were scared that your health was at risk. I think,
1: honestly, the first reaction when we laid, I had a friend over and we laid out like a plant and like the actual like a clone and then cuz we we didn't have a plant that was flowering but then we had like the flowering bud that had not been trimmed yet uh-huh and then we had actual bud And then we had ground down the bud to be able to show, like, what it looked like from actual being in the flowered blood to, like, you know, like, what an oregano or a spice would look like. Yeah, Yeah. something you might be sold in a bag that wasn't super high grade. Um, And this is marijuana and this is the plant and this is how it's, and they, my comparison would be, like, like it was a gun or a knife. Like it was yeah, scary it was to touch yeah, scary. or, you know. you know, because illegal, there could be effects. What have they been told at school? It's a drug. Drugs are bad. And so that opened up a huge conversation, which we had already had conversations about, but it was their first, like, no, you
0: could touch it. You it, can see it. You just made them an accessory, mom. Thanks. Yes. <laughs> what would you
1: like? What would you, what? What do you want to know about this? What do you Mm -hmm. want to ask about it? And so then it just, once that happened, like I said, then more people who are in my life that I associate with were partaking in smoking a bowl, a bong, a dab or whatever. Not again, sitting down in front of them in my home, but out in my backyard in social situations. Mm -hmm. And so then, they would just become a little more inquisitive. They wouldn't like stand there in the group, but they from afar could see something was going on. And then they would start to ask and, and then like, what does that do for you? And what are you doing? What is that called? And, and then it just started to open up a lot more discussion of that. Um, And so I have, I've mentioned Many times that I don't want them to smoke, I feel like it's not appropriate at this age, especially with their brain developing in the way, and that I don't know enough research in that aspect with children under whatever. I don't know all of it. I do know with RSO what I have researched in CBD in that aspect of it, taking away, I guess, the
0: smoking... Secondhand. I don't yeah, the know stigma. Again, I, yeah, you're so I mean, I personally that's where I'm at like, right now. Yeah, to me, with children, some need to smoke just because it's the fastest vaporizing. Of course, is significantly preferred. Um, But going back, like these are your personal decisions, and and so being as someone who doesn't want their kid to smoke, even if it is pot, what pushed you to? To implement an ingestion routine. I saw
1: the benefits with my body and watching them go through physical symptoms with themselves and knowing that I didn't want them to be on antibiotics again. Yeah. Um, when s- mostly my oldest daughter was complaining a lot, knowing that she was pre-puberty, if that's the right word, yeah. and hormones were starting to change, and more physical stuff was happening, and more days of it in a row happening, and being reminiscent of the time when she was having five, six days in a row of high fevers and bedridden. Mm-hmm. I was like, Missing we can't school go back there. And, yeah. yeah. And so... What do we need to do? And so then I started looking into what kids had been using with it. And I was like, well, damn, look at all this great research of, you know, stopping seizures and this and... Right, yeah, and the Charlotte's And all sorts and... of things. And I thought, can't hurt to try it. How, how did they react to it? My oldest was very... At first, hesitant. Again, I think because of stigma wrapped around it. And... Yet, I don't think she was at the point of desperate for relief, but she definitely wanted something to help her. And she knew that I wasn't doing antibiotics, and I had been already, you know, introduced them to the Soothing soos, which they had taken baths in and topically put on, like if his knee or ankle joints put on. But I kept trying to say... If you internally and in, you know, like yeah, inter- metabolize yeah, it and it's and gonna it's gonna make it
0: such a difference. Like you have to attack it from the inside, the same way antibiotics yeah, would. Yeah, and so if we in can a whole get, new way, <laughs> yeah, if
1: we can get to that direction, and so I can't remember specifically what the conversation or what, but when i was given my first syringe of donated through my group of friends when we started making i looked at her and i was like i want you to try this let's just give it a month and see if it works for you like look at how much it's helped your mom you've noticed that i'm i am in less pain and you know doing well and it's a way that you're not going to taste it. We've tried the way that it's going to taste with, like, the Soothing suds or whatever. So mm-hmm. just trust that maybe this will help. And at first she was like, oh, I don't want. And now it's just, hey, come take your medicine. No problem. She just comes in, grabs it, and it's – and she must be feeling better because she's not complaining, A, about symptoms and not complaining about taking it. So it's working and even, like, we'll say – mom, we need more of it at dad's or I'm going to be going. How are we going to have? Like she doesn't want to not have it. However, she did in August for that week at camp, took a break from it. And I can't say that she noticed a noticeable difference, except first of all, you're at camp, you're eating differently, <laughs> you're sleeping differently, yeah. you're doing just different things. Um, more so noticed when she came back, whether it was let down from camp, getting back to routine, but noticed starting it back again. She got a little bit of the dizzy off feeling, but it didn't last nearly as long. It okay. just was like, oh, but her her body seemed to just remember and just go right back. She re-regulated yeah. pretty quickly. So now I don't know what will happen now with being hormonal, starting her period, this is a whole new ball game for her mm-hmm. to be in. So I don't even know if being without it for a week it should be an option. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And yet, again, from a legal standpoint, when they are not under our care and they're with counselors or traveling across state lines or et cetera, that gets very sticky. Yes. Yeah. How do you you know, with having family when we travel, I can always ship it back there if I'm not going with, no big deal. Or because we're still taking them to the airport, I go through security, then I give it to them in their backpack. They've gone through secu- Now we're at no problem yeah. at that point. But and again, the other it's thing, still.
0: You have to find a, a, a doctor willing to work with children with cannabis too. Like, you know, that's another alternative, expensive option that yes. can be hard to find. Yes. But. I just recently with their pediatrician
1: had talk of conversation and um, has, she has some concern. She is not discrediting me, but has concern yeah, about... she's not supporting you either. No, 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 no. And in her research, what she found versus what my research and when I tried to share my research, she was not necessarily receptive to reading it, taking it, a look at it, because... What she found in research seemed to form her opinion. Granted, this is the same pediatrician who knows nothing about Lyme disease, and I have educated more than anything and had followed their protocol, could have had some serious consequences with my children. So, Mm. But when you... (laughs) Well, another topic are in California and have to have vaccines to go to school and physicals and stuff. You have to go to certain MDs to get signatures because that's just the way it works. Right.
0: And I could see that where some vaccines might be a, a legitimate reason to take the chance with the health risk of your children with Lyme disease and how the additives and just the, the antibodies that are in their period could trigger an autoimmune disease. Uh, there are a shit ton that are kind of forced upon children that aren't as really required. But on that controversial note, we're right? let it go. Yeah, we should. But yeah. <laughs> thank you so much, Michelle, for oh, showing up. I love welcome. you. I love you. And uh, I think that you are going to help not just a lot of people with Lyme disease right now, but specifically a lot of parents um, by bringing your perspective. So thank you. Love you're welcome. You. All right. Woo! hey i'm back i hope you enjoyed that i hope you found it really useful especially if you are dealing with chronic pain chronic disease or specifically lyme disease also if you are a parent i hope that you got a lot of good use out of what it might mean to be a medical patient yourself around children, and also if you have a child who might benefit from medical marijuana. And since they have an endocannabinoid system, children can certainly benefit from medical marijuana, especially those who might have health issues very young in life. Touching back on some of the things that Michelle talked about, I just want to uh, To kind of give a warning and clarify that Michelle's experience with bumping up the RSO and with edibles in general, she knows that she has a higher tolerance now because of this. And she did use the Rick Simpson suggested method of beginning with that rice grain and moving it up. And for some people, that is just too much too fast. But Michelle has had a lot of success because the way that her body metabolizes it isn't necessarily as efficiently as some other people might, especially because she's had such problems. Her, her digestive system has had so many compromises to it. It makes sense. Uh, and it really has nothing to do with her smoking or dabbing for many years. It really just has to do with her digestive system. Another thing that I wanted to uh, to just pick up on is kind of more of a thematic theme throughout really medical cannabis, which is you have to be your own doctor. It's a recurring pattern with these patients who are finding success. You have to be your own doctor. You really have to, to take an energetic approach to your personal health and a mindful approach you know, to, to really tap in and see what your body's doing and how it's feeling and what's going on with it. And if you are a doctor or go to your doctor, making sure that they also are taking an interest in you as the patient and your perspective, the patient perspective really can be the key to unlocking the problems and finding success. So don't be afraid to really Believe what your body is telling you. Take care of yourself. Another thing is that when you use cannabis, it is a spiritual medicine. So you may find some things coming up that you don't want to deal with, even if you're fighting other things specifically. And uh, that's, that's part of it. You can't heal the body without healing the mind. And you can't heal the mind without including the body. They are together in this. So remember that. Normally, I have a safety meeting, but we're a little long this week, so I'm going to save it for next week. And uh, yeah, I guess we'll see you then, guys. Thanks for spliffing it. Don't forget to find me on the social medias on the spliffpodcast.com. Um, that is the spliff podcast. That's all T's, no D's in there. And uh, spliff is with two F's. Two F's is in foxtrot. All right, you guys, for real now. Thanks for spliffing it. Ciao for now. Oh, and have a beautiful fucking day.